Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Selena. Together, we are moms to five children, including two sets of twins. At Tweet Dreams, we are passionate about helping families achieve the peaceful night's rest they deserve because we were formerly overwhelmed and sleep deprived ourselves. We love nothing more than helping families achieve their specific sleep goals. So the whole family can be rested and thriving. On this podcast, you'll not just hear about sleep related topics, we'll chat about how it started, where we are today, and the experiences that have shaped us as mothers of twins. We hope you'll enjoy listening to the ups and downs, the highs and lows, and everything in between. Hi there. Welcome back to our podcast, Twin Life with Tweet Dreams. It's Lindsay and Stelina. Hey, Stelina. Hi, Lindsay. How are you? I'm doing good. It's 80 degrees in Massachusetts on October 26th, so it's definitely um, a little bit nicer than our normal fall weather, so that's great. How's the weather where you are now? Is it similar? Uh, Yeah, you guys have had a lot of rain. Um, We have not had much rain in the Midwest, and it's been like unseasonably warm. But I think, of course, on Halloween, and probably same with you guys, it's going to drop and be like a high of 40, which is going to make trick-or-treating like super fun. I disliked trick-or-treating when I was a kid because I hate being uncomfortable and I felt like every Halloween was like raining and cold and I just like whined the whole time so yeah good times (laughs) it's gonna be cold here for Halloween too of course but it's okay we have a really good trick-or-treating neighborhood hopefully the kids can run around a little bit and have a good time yeah that's what it's all about right so today hi guys we want to touch on newborn sleep basics so this is a sleep episode And I think it's important to get this one out there because so many questions about newborn sleep, newborn patterns, um, specifically with twins. But whether you have twins or a singleton, newborn life is tough, at least from, I think, both of our experiences. Now, you might have had a singleton before your twins, and that was like a unicorn experience, and I love that for you. But with twins... It's just not that beautiful, cozy sort of Instagram reel that we see. It was not that way for me. So when we are recording this episode, we are not preaching from our high horse at all. Myself, Lindsay, I did not know anything about baby sleep. I didn't even know what a wake window was, guys. Honestly, I didn't really come into like this sleep world until my kiddos were like four or five months. And that's, I think different maybe from another perspective of somebody who's you know been raising kids inside of like having that knowledge um and Stelina I know you're sort of the same like you you did some research you can read the books and the blogs and things like that but like when you're in it and especially with two it's not what you thought it was going to be and so with this episode we just kind of kind of want to touch on like some high level stuff sort of like validate some expectations with that, like I'll talk about maybe like the first zero to six weeks, right? What is this looking like? And maybe your kids have an adjusted age. So when we talk about timeline, zero to six weeks, we'll say this is zero to six weeks adjusted, right? Just depending on where you're at there. So one of the most common questions I see and what I was confused about when my twins were little, I remember texting my friend who had twins and I'm like, hey girl, like, what is happening? These babies do not want to go to bed. And she's like, oh, all I remember is that like, we just put them to bed at 6 p.m. Babies love an early bedtime. And I was like, okay, cool. 
6 p.m. at eight weeks, right? Wrong. That's a nap. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I see online mama's trying to get that 6 to 7, even 8 p.m. is too early in these first one to two months. Okay. So what we know about newborns is they want a late bedtime that kind of coincides with the sixth feeding of the day. And when I talk about feedings, I'm just going to blanket say like this would be a typical probably bottle fed baby. Um, If you're breastfeeding, this is looking different, right? So first thing to remember is a newborn loves a late bedtime. The reason why this is, is they're still differentiating between day and night confusion. And so there's not a whole lot of sleep pressure at night. And you'll notice they might be sleeping a lot during the day. So second point is correct that day and night confusion as soon as you can. Babies are used to sleeping during the day because that's when mama was up moving, jiggling around, and they, they were lulled to sleep, essentially. And then at night, you can remember, oh, we could feel them like tossing around, kicking, very active at night, and that's normal. So when they come out, they're literally just going to be wired that way. And so it's really up to you to say, how do we undo this? Because you yourself, you want to sleep at night, right? I don't know about you, Selena, but I remember feeling like that impending doom as nighttime would start to fall because you're like, I'm not going to sleep, you know, and your body's craving it. And I just felt so, ugh, I felt terrible. Do you remember feeling that way? I do. I remember just getting ready for the night as if I was getting ready for daytime because it was just going to be so hard for me, right? Mm -hmm. Because I would have to feed these babies, change these babies. I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, every night was slightly different. They weren't waking up at the same exact time every night. Um, It was definitely very, very challenging in those first uh, zero to six weeks and, you know, the entire newborn period, really, Mm -hmm. especially with twins. Like preparing for battle. (laughs) <laughs> Every mm-hmm, night. Totally. No, I would get my water. <laughs> I would have some snacks because I'd get hungry because I was like barely sleeping. So I would eventually get hungry and I didn't want to have to go downstairs. So yeah, I'd kind of, you know, set up a little shop for myself. <laughs> exactly. So just to point out then that yes, we're getting that late bedtime. We're working on day and night confusion. So how do we correct this? The moment that you bring them home you'll want to have them exposed to the natural light, sunlight, you know, overhead lights in the home all throughout the day, right? I know it'll be tempting, maybe if you have a singleton to, you know, stay in the dark kind of cozy bedroom all day because you're just so tired, but get up, have a start to the day, get them in the rhythms, get their feeding started, turn the lights on, open the shutters, right? This is going to be the first step to establishing the new rhythm uh, starting at the morning time. So no naps in a dark room yet. Really try to dedicate 12 hours in the daylight and then you can move to the dark area at night because this is how you want it, right? So many times your babies are so young, the wake windows aren't even like a thing yet, right? It's basically wake up, change a diaper, eat, and then we're sleeping. and then 
repeat, 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 right? Just keeps happening over and over again. Right. Feels like it's never going to end, but it does, guys. Yeah. Totally does. There's no apparent wake window. So how do we limit sleep when there's no wake window, right? You will get there. So work on going from like, let's say, for example, eight to nine hours of daytime sleep. This is a lot of sleep, right? And we're going to work on shaving that down week after week. By the time you're getting to about eight to 12 weeks, and again, this is going to be a bit of a range here because not every baby's the same and we're working with adjusted ages most of the time, but by eight to 12 weeks, we want that daytime sleep down to about five to five and a half hours. And what that does is give priority to nights, right? This is when you sleep. This is when your babies are getting ready to um, evolve into like a, a quote unquote, like adult sleeper. And so we really do want to give priority to the nights. So if you're listening to this and your baby's 10 weeks old and sleeping six to seven hours during the day and nights are feeling atrocious, let's work on that. Okay. Stimulate them during the day, get them on that tummy mat, strip them down to a diaper, tickle their toes, go outside stimulate them, right? And it's not like you have to go from 45 minutes to 90 minutes. Like, let's just add 10, 15 minutes, you know, in every wake window. And I think you should be okay. So wake windows, like I said, will be non-existent at first, but they'll extend to about 90 minutes, around 12 weeks, right-ish. When we're talking about a 16-week-old, maybe they're coming up closer to an hour 45, even two hours before bed. So that's a big change. You're like, oh my gosh, we'll never get there, but you will. Okay. Okay. The reason why bedtime continues to stay late is because again, we're undoing those reversed circadian rhythms and your babies are still kind of stuck in that newborn sleep cycle or stages of sleep, I should say. If you look at the science, which I thought was always kind of fascinating, they would spend like 50% in deep, 50% in REM. Okay. So there weren't a lot of changes because they spent so much time in only two places. And so if you think about that four month regression, it's basically saying your baby spends their sleep across four different, sometimes four to five different stages of sleep. So to get to another stage, we have to have some kind of arousal sometimes And that's why you're seeing what we call that regression happening sometimes as early as three months, sometimes as late as five, right? Just depending on where you're at. But the reason for this, if you're like, I don't know about you, Selena, but my kids never like had that newborn, oh, they slept seven hours, newborn. Like we just never slept. No, my kids were up every two to three hours um, when they were little. And then eventually closer to four months, you know, maybe we got some four, maybe a five hour stretch, maybe, but I mean, it was like maybe once or twice. I mean, I think with twins too, you know, a lot of the time you run into, especially if they're in the same room, they wake each other up sometimes and maybe one of them would have slept a little bit longer, but they didn't, wasn't really until the five month mark where I decided to like really hone in on those independent sleep skills and change um, what I was doing that they were able to start to connect those cycles on their own. Right. 
So you were like humbled from the beginning. You didn't get that like honeymoon phase of sort of uh, that like um, elusive newborn sleep. And then you get to the four months and you're like, oh, nope, just kidding. This isn't actually long lasting. I do see that sometimes. And it's like, boom, one night it's there, the next night it's not there. And it's like, yep, that's just kind of how that regression works. It's like, it's working. And then all of a sudden, here we are in the new normal. So I'm always like, yay, you got seven hours. I never got like more than one and a half, but like, I'm happy for you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. And then just thinking about in these first several months, again, not preaching from a high horse over here at all. We know what it takes to get that predictable sleep after four months. But before that time, guys, you know, make use of the props that are there within the safe sleep. So yes, your newborn might want a pacifier. Yes, your newborn wants to be swaddled, right? Those are okay, right? When we think about safe sleep, though, what does that look like? Just wanted to touch on that because it is important. You know, if you're co-sleeping, follow the safe sleep seven, but the AAP in the United States is going to say that a baby alone on their back in a crib or bassinet is going to be the safest place for them to sleep. Using that swaddle up until three months, only taking it away earlier if it's if baby's showing signs of rolling. Right. So just wanted to touch on that, that, you know, there's no, uh, there's no bad habits at, at newborn when you're being safe, like contact nap all day, like, you know, rock baby to sleep, do what you have to do. It doesn't say you can't lay the foundations if you're up for it. Right. Maybe you're just not feeling confident. I see a lot of second time moms being like, okay, I'm doing it different this time. And maybe Selena, you can speak on that because you got that experience. So you were like, oh, okay. Like, I, I'm going to start this earlier. Like it doesn't feel as overwhelming, first of all, because there was one less child in the mix. Hey girl, are you tired? Not only tired from lack of sleep, but tired from searching all over the internet for sleep advice that's specific to your twins? Here at Tweet Dreams, we know that twin-specific advice and routines should be easy to find and access, and that's why we are a one-stop shop for you as a sleep resource. Our blog is chock full of advice for twins when it comes to naps, night weaning, sleeping through the night, and so much more. Not sure where to start? Be sure to grab our free twin sleep guide available for download today. This guide will walk you through an optimal bedtime routine, how to keep them synced throughout the day, and how to keep a routine going. As twin moms, we know how special those breaks are, and we want you to have them. Check out the show notes to grab your copy. I was a second time mom, which I I think definitely helps. You know, I had only one baby the second time. So I had my twin girls and then my son was born 17 months later. So it was still kind of fresh in my mind too, Mm -hmm. which I think was kind of good. And just to backtrack for a second, so because I had my twins first and I had I had a good newborn experience, don't get me wrong. I mean, they were good babies, but the sleep was was very challenging in the beginning for me. And I did find myself, you know, kind of wanting a second baby at some point in time, just to kind of be able to like take in those newborn snuggles oh, yeah. and be able to like feed one baby and then put him or her to sleep and maybe get a couple actual hours of sleep versus, you know, I'm sure you can empathize with this when you have twins. It's like, all right, you feed one, then you swaddle her, 
put her back in her crib or bassinet or wherever, then feed the other one because you try to stink feedings as much as you can. And then maybe you have like 40 minutes or something to try and fall asleep yourself if you can fall asleep in that amount of time. And then the cycle just keeps happening and happening. And I'm just not that pleasant when I'm tired. So (laughs) I uh, was struggling for short, but then I was thinking like, oh, it would be really nice to experience this again. Like without twins. I love my twins to death. Don't get me wrong. And if God had blessed me with twins again, you know, that would have been really interesting. Um, but you know, it was, it was, um, it was just different. And, you know, I knew from the beginning, okay, we have to swaddle this baby. Like we have to swaddle him tightly. Even if he seems like that's not what he quote unquote wants. I know it's what he needs to try and lessen his startle reflex. So from the beginning, I feel like I was able to get a little bit of more of a stretch than I did with the twins because I just did that from the very beginning. I introduced him to the swaddle. I put him in his crib very early on. Um, He was also a preemie. All my children were were premature. Um, So he was a tiny guy. He was only six pounds at birth. So I used a bassinet for few weeks at most. I had one from the twins still left over. So I just kind of made use of it. But then I, I um, put him in his crib very early on. And I, you know, I definitely suggest that to people who are up for it, just because it's going to likely be their sleep space for a good amount of time, Mm. probably two to three years. So I just thought, you know what, I have the crib, it's all set. I'm going to put him in this crib now at like six weeks, seven weeks old. And he obviously doesn't know anything else at this point. Um, he's very used to his environment in there. Um, you know, I, I did make use of those sleep props that are totally fine when, when kids are newborns, you know, I knew this was going to be my last baby too. So I definitely did contact naps. I rocked him to sleep. I really like took those moments in that were kind of taken away from me in some regard with my twins, because I barely did that. Like, even if I had help with the twins when when I was home with a caretaker or my mom or somebody, um, it's not like we were able to just like both sit there and contact nap both twins for like 30 to 40 minutes. No, we were feeding them and then trying to get them to sleep in their bassinets for about 20 minutes or however long they would sleep so we could go do something for a second, whether that was just like wash up or mm-hmm. do something and then just keep the cycle the cycle just kept continuing over and over again. So I think, you know, my experience having the twins first coupled with just my confidence level after the fact, just having another baby so close and him just being a singleton kind of made it a little bit easier um, in that regard. And I was very big on laying the foundation. You know, I was a sleep consultant at that time already. So I kind of had that knowledge that I didn't have with the twins that I was able to kind of use. Um, and yeah, he turned out to be a, a, a pretty good sleeper. He actually went through that four month regression a little bit. Um, maybe I noticed it a little bit more with him too, because I was so focused on just him and his sleep at that moment. So he was giving me maybe like five, six hour stretches. And then he went back to waking every two hours and I, and he was four months. So I was like, all right, this is it. I'm living it. I can talk about it. Yep. Um, and then I, I, you know, just kept doing what I was doing, really honed in on those independent sleep skills once he was about 16, 17 weeks, and he grasped it immediately. He he did very, very well with that. So I'm I'm very thankful for that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it goes to show like second time around, it's your confidence levels are just so much higher. I think a lot of twin moms are going to relate to this. Um, Your story and my story, I do 
mourn the fact that I never got those one-on-one newborn days. I have like one memory of my mom being over to help and one baby was in the bassinet sleeping and she like got me all set up on the recliner and she's like, okay, just hold the baby for 30 or 40 minutes and she's going to sleep and you can even maybe shut your eyes for a second. Like I was feeling so anxious. I'm like, okay, let's do this. Like, let's have a little nap here. And my mom leaves and the baby wakes up. The baby in the bassinet wakes up five minutes later. Of course. Yeah. And I was like, (laughs) oh my God, like this is so sad. (laughs) You know, I just didn't get that. And so I love that for you. And yes, even if you're thinking about laying foundations early and you're like, well, isn't the four month sleep progression just going to like chuck it out the window? I don't necessarily think so. Um, just based off what you're telling me, Stelina, and from past clients that, you know, laid foundations and will message me and say the four month regression was like a blip. Like this was way different than my first. Like, thank you so much. Love that. Right. I think that goes with any regression. When you're practicing those independent things, gosh, the regressions just aren't really all that bad. Right. We can, we can survive. Maybe a day or two. Exactly. Yeah, no. Versus like weeks and weeks. Uh-huh. No, no, no. 100%. Um, for me, for my son, it was it was short-lived, which is great. And, you know, we have so many blogs on these regressions too, which I think are really helpful for people. 100%. So quickly here, we talked about the evolved sleep stages. And because of this, like how do naps play into this? Like, let's say you know, you're getting to that 16 week mark or your baby's five months old. And you're sort of wondering like, why are we stuck in this 30 minute cat nap cycle? Like why? And most of the time this is going to change around four months because again, those cycles have matured and your baby doesn't go from awake to deep sleep and stays in that deep sleep for a really long time. They're going to go through a deep sleep cycle through a REM, and then they're going to come back up awake all within 30 minutes, right? This is it, guys. This is the future. So why, like, how do we get out of that? And so if you're listening to this and you're, you're, you want some independent naps at newborn, I don't recommend that you start with naps. I want you to start at bedtime. So let's take a look at the bedtime. How can we go through like the soothing ladder within our a newborn sleep guide. How can we get baby used to the act of putting themselves to sleep? Not to say that we're doing any type of sleep training or anything, but let's graduate from putting limp baby into bassinet to a drowsy baby into the bassinet to a more awake baby into the bassinet. And then using those crib side soothing methods to help them go from awake to asleep themselves because that's where it starts. And you can't expect them to do that for a nap before they've done that at bedtime. And, you know, that is 100% true. So I also want to just quickly touch on the pause, even when they're quote unquote newborns, maybe not zero to three, four, five weeks, but I'd say even around six to 12 weeks, really kind of focusing on that little pause before you intervene. And of course, like you said, Lindsay, let's start at night. But if they are napping in their crib or bassinet, you know, I put my son in his crib pretty early on. And maybe because I was a second time mother at this point, I would utilize this pause for 
30 seconds to maybe two minutes. Okay. I would just give him just a chance. Mm-hmm. Let's just see if he'll fall back to sleep. If he doesn't, totally fine. Like there were many, many times he did not fall back to sleep and I was not comfortable letting him cry for, you know, even even five to 10 minutes at, when he's that little. I, I wasn't comfortable with that, but I was comfortable with 30 seconds to even just two minutes. And, you know, a couple times, more than a couple times, you know, as he grew, he he was able to either connect the sleep cycle or just fall back to sleep from whatever reason that he woke up. You know, I'll never know the exact reason. Maybe he had an itch or he had to scratch. I don't know. <laughs> it could be anything when, when they're that little, uh, you know, that could wake them up. So don't forget about that, okay? Like, I feel like when they're six to eight weeks, if you want to wait even just 30 seconds, a minute or two, they may shock you. <laughs> exactly. That's a great point because the sleep is so muddled in that you're like, are they awake? Are they asleep? Are they dreaming? It's it's not very clear cut. So baby maybe wasn't awake. And so when you do that 30, I love 30 seconds to two minute pause, like, hey, maybe some magic can happen here, right? So that's really, really good. I love that. So yeah, just to circle back really quickly, when you're working on these independent routines, start at bedtime. That's really what I hammer home in the newborn guide. It's going to walk you through that ideal bedtime routine. It's going to walk you through um, achieving drowsy awake and then using that soothing ladder so that we can start this practice. All that sleep, independent sleep is, is just practice, practice doing this thing. And you can start early, you can start late. It's totally up to you, but I just wanted to touch on naps. They are that different animal and we wouldn't start to sort of like teach a crib nap when we haven't really mastered or even tried at bedtime. So I do want you to start there. Yeah, I think, I think we touched on a lot of good things. What do you think? I think, again, I knew that was really good. I knew absolutely nothing, guys. I had researched everything but sleep, which just boggles my mind at this point. So you're way ahead of the game than I ever was. And it's never too late to start anything. Newborn life is so short, but it's so difficult, right? And soak it in, soak in the newborn cuddles, because you'll find yourself looking at pictures of them when they're like six months, seven months, year, two years old, and not even remembering how they were that little. Okay. So please soak it in, but don't be scared to also lay a foundation and kind of just start working on just little things if, if you can, and if you're up to it. That's my two cents. Yeah. And I'll be the Debbie Downer here and say like, I cursed the universe pretty much every day when my kids were um, newborns. I hated it. Honestly, it was a little bit traumatic. It it was overwhelming, right? And I lived through it. And if I hated when people were like, oh, it's, you know, it, enjoy the moment. I wanted to punch him in the face, mm-hmm. you know? But now look- I have two babies, n- like stop. <laughs> I know. And now I'm like that old wise woman over here, like, oh my gosh, you know, it, it goes so fast. Like, sh- shut up. Like nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> so you guys got this. I hope this episode was really, really helpful. Again, we're just going to try to, you know, add some short episodes in here, although we're getting to almost 30 minutes about sleep. It's not just a sleep episode. We're twin moms just sharing like the ins and outs and and, and what our days look like. So thanks for joining me, Selena. We will see you all next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye.
If you liked this episode and conversation, be sure to leave a review or rating. Share it with a friend on social media or a family member. It's our goal to reach as many parents of multiples and singletons alike. You're not alone in your parenting journey. If you'd like to hear about a specific topic or have an episode idea, please feel free to message us. We're here to help. 